Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my Central God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's baseball betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM. Our Major League Baseball division previews continue. Diving into the American League East. Brendan Glasheen with BJ Cunningham and Charlie DeSterco. That is the trio for this particular episode. You can find the rest of our division previews on the Payoff Pitch podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be coming to you during the season. We have an account in the Action app. You can follow Payoff Pitch Podcast. More to come as far as when we will be joining you throughout the season. I will also like to remind you, you maybe have heard this already, our MLB offseason betting update from Sean Zarillo and Colin Whitchurch. That episode, the first of the 2023 season, is available now. All right, fellas. This is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to this. Because uh, I know BJ, I don't think Charlie, but BJ was on this particular division preview last year. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get Do to we that. we have to bring but, up what happens? Uh, well, you know, I mean, it's up to you, really. Um, okay, let's Thank just start you. in order. And like we've been doing with the rest of these, we'll start with the favorite in the division and work our way down. So the New York Yankees are at plus 105 to come out of the American League East. Their projected win total or their win total number right now at BetMGM is 94 and a half. Last year, Yankees won 99 games. They were projected for 91 and a half. It was really them and the Blue Jays for much of the year. Then the Yankees kind of uh, pulled away Aaron Judge home run watch, as we know. Um, they do make some additions, uh, Charlie, in the rotation in the offseason and Carlos Rodon coming over from the San Francisco Giants. You got Cortez, you got Cole. I, I kind of get it. I don't understand how you could fade this team as it pertains to their starting rotation. Right. I think that this is the team to beat when it comes to the American League East, as is tradition over the last few years. When you look at their rotation and you look at every other team in this division's rotation, the Yankees just have a leg up, maybe even two legs up, right? The addition of Carlos Rodon after such a phenomenal season last year, stayed fully healthy. You see what he can do with like that 230 plus strikeouts. He's another top ace arm that could win a Cy Young this year next to Garrett Cole. Luis Severino has all the upside in the world as well, a 2.94 X ERA this past season. And how can you forget about Nasty Nestor Cortez? So you look at this team, they have four top-of-the-line arms. Of course, there's a lot that you have to look at from the offensive point of view. Will Aaron Judge replicate that season? Probably not. But this offense, still very good. And the key here, and, you know, one that I'm looking to play eventually when the season gets underway. Anthony Volpe should be up in the Yankees, middle of the infield. 
uh, or wherever he, he he's going to be up in in around that late May or April time frame, I would assume, like Michael Harris and the Atlanta Braves. He doesn't have that many AAA experience under him right now, but he's killing it in spring training. I'd look at him to win rookie of the year once he gets called up. He's around that 11 to 1 mark right now. The line has simply moved from that like 20 to 25 open. So looking to play him, but uh, right now, Yankees division to lose. I'm going to be backing them. As Zarillo, our colleague, said, underachieved by seven wins last year, and they're a dominant defensive team. So going to back the Yankees here, plus money to win the division. BJ Pakoda's got the Yankees at 96.9 wins, which would put mm. them under, or pardon me, over their win total. And then you look over at fan graphs, they got them projected <laughs> for 92 wins. So there's a bit mm. of a discrepancy there. You, you, you know, your little noises here. I know we'll get to the Red Sox. And I'm a, I'm a Boston guy too, but you're worse than me for crying out loud. Are you, are you fading the Yankees? Is there an angle on the Yankees where you say, I- I'm not taking the cheese? No, I'm not going to bet the Yankees. I'm not going to fade them as well. I'll fade them throughout the season as we go along. But okay. here's my question, Brendan. Yeah. What happens when Aaron Judge doesn't hit 64 home runs? Does the Yankees have enough production in their lineup to make up for that, to compete with some of the top teams in the AL? Because I'm not sure they do. Anthony Rizzo, LeMahieu, and Torres are all top 100 hitters You know, by, fan gra- or by Fangraph's power rankings. Outside of that, everybody else is outside the top 100. So... Yeah. I'm not so sure the Yankees lineup is going to be this big time powerhouse, especially if judge, you know, he's projected for composite of about 44 home runs this season. If he doesn't put up ungodly numbers, do the Yankees have enough offensive production? Now I can't poke holes in their, their rotation. I'll, I'll push back a little bit, Charlie, that I think the blue Jays rotation is not better, but I can definitely compete with what the Yankees have in their rotation, but the Yankees bullpen is by far the best bullpen uh, are not by far the best bullpen in this division, but the composite of the three of the offense, the defense, the bullpen, and the starting rotation obviously makes them the favorite. But, you know, if you look over at Fangraphs, they only have a 45% chance to win or projected 45% chance win to win the AL East. So I'm not seeing much value here in the Yankees and their composite win total between all the different projection models is 94.3. So I think this is a perfectly good stay away and just kind of, you know, fade the overvalued Yankees throughout the season. I, th- I think if you want to bet uh, against the Yankees, obviously you do that year to year or a game to game, right? The Yankees are always going to be heavy favorites, which I agree. And I have made you know plenty of money fading them over the past couple of seasons, especially when Garrett Cole gets under his typical stuff. But it's just one of those things where I very much like I expect this offense to be like half decent above average. And then the pitching rotation, the one through four starters are so dominant that you only really need, you know, two to three runs most of the time, especially with that bullpen that they can close the door and they don't give up that many runs. It's one of those things that, yeah, they might not have the powerhouse offense they're used to having with the Bronx bombers, especially if judge regresses slightly and he probably won't hit, you know, 50, 60 home runs, but just if the, if the offense does half decent, if Volpe comes up and he's what we've seen in spring training, I think the Yankees have a pretty surefire way to get through. And and the the Blue Jays back end of the rotation is just the extreme liability for me, which is why I think that, that that'll prove the difference when it comes down to that two-legged race. Sean Zarello has uh, in his big mega baseball win total preview, he does work in some futures outside of win totals, but he mentions if you're going to take the Yankees in the division, bet them down to minus 122. And for the AL pennant, this is why this is newsworthy. He said down to plus 350, which is what their current number is at BetMGM. Let's go to the Blue Jays, plus 210 at BetMGM to come out of the American League East. 
Their win total set at 91 and a half. Last year, they won 92 games. They fell just shy of the over. They were projected entering 2022 at 92 and a half. So when it comes to Toronto, I'll go to BJ first on this one. If you're opting to stay away on the Yankees, is there an angle that you could figure to take on Toronto to to make some noise and maybe this time around win the division? Because that was the noise last year. And it was Arillo was on them to win the World Series and really make some noise in this division. I mean, that's the thing, right? That's the argument is that they were the darling of everybody last year. They were the exciting new team. They signed Kevin Gosman. They signed Kikuchi. They signed all these wonderful new players, you know, Matt Chapman, et cetera. And then now we're coming into this season after the Yankees basically won the AL East. And now nobody's really like talking about them or being the darling of Right. of Major League Baseball. And the lineup is still very, very good. I mean, the top of the lineup is still Bichette, Guerrero, Springer. They did uh, trade away Taylor Scar Hernandez. They brought in Dalton Varsho, who's a big-time power bat from Arizona, Brandon Belt. You know, he's getting up there in age. He's 35. Whit Merrifield, who's been one of the best hitters in the American League Central for a long time. Kiermaier, not a great offensive threat, but a great de- great defensive uh, player in, cent- in center field. So, the lineup is still very, very good. You know, this was a top 10 lineup in Major League Baseball last year. And then the top end of their rotation with Manoa and Gosman is about as good as it gets in Major League Baseball. I mean, they're they're two top 20 pitchers. I mean, obviously, they're not as good as what the Yankees have with Rodon and, and Cole. But, you know, Gosman is one of my favorite pitchers in Major League Baseball. And he kind of faded towards this at the end of the season last year. But, I mean, consistently, year in and year out, this guy's a three-and-a-half XERA-type pitcher. Manoa obviously has fantastic stuff. They signed Chris Bassett, who is an incredibly stable pitcher for the Mets last season. It's basically what are you going to get out of Jose Barrios and Kikuchi, who are very volatile type pitchers who obviously have stuff and the ability to be in that three and a half to 3.2 XCR range. But then they also have the ability to completely blow up, which, which is what you saw with Jose Barrios last season. As far as their bullpen is concerned, I mean, Jordan Romero was a really, really good closer for them last season. And they actually have a little bit of depth. They brought over Eric Swanson from from, uh, the Mariners, who has been stable in their their bullpen for a long time, a top 40 reliever. And if you see throughout their entire bullpen, I mean, they have, you know, up through about five, they have top one, five top 100 relievers. So this is a really, really good team that's not really getting the recognition that I think maybe they deserve. But if you look at it from a projection standpoint, I mean, you know, their composite projection is about two wins below what their win total is. You know, they're about 25% chance uh, at fan graphs to win this division. So, you know, implied odds of plus 210 is around, you know, 30%. So mm-hmm. there's really just not much value in taking any futures with the Blue Jays. But I think that they will have a chance at competing with the Yankees for this division. Although the odds really don't, uh, you know, the implied odds don't uh, match up giving it, making it a, a plus EV type bet. Charlie and, and BJ mentioned some of the additions. I guess what I'm wondering with the blue Jays did their rotation, Manoa, Gossman, you know, Barrios kind of struggled down the stretch. Did they outperform expectation? Meaning they, they were never hurt. They all, they, all three of those guys made 30 starts. Um, they were all over all of them. All three of them had at least 17 quality starts. I'm wondering, did they get, did they max out? Like, are they going to regress? Are they bound for some regression in that rotation this year? That would be my concern for the blue Jays. Did they have such a great year, those guys, and they still couldn't win the division. Are we, is it fair to expect them to do that again this year? I mean, I think that you'll see Manila 
you know, continue to improve, right? The upside of him is is the ceiling. Like he is the moon. He he has what it takes to be an ace in baseball. Gosman, I like him a lot too, but you know, a, maybe a low threes max out type of pitcher. He overperformed two years ago, about mm-hmm. average this season. I think what, what the difference is and where it comes is is how Bassett comes to the American League in a harder to, or I don't even know if it's a harder division per se, but coming over to the American League and and can he you know, pitch as well in Rogers Center, which is more of a hitter-friendly park. And Barrios and, and Kikuchi, those are the two that are horrific. And they fought, both had over five XERAs. Yeah, you, when you look at how many starts they make and you have to factor into account injuries, there's always a chance. I think it's more just I'm fading this Blue Jays team when it comes to game by game because Barrios and Kikuchi are just such liabilities and why I give the Yankees a pretty significant edge and would bet them down to that uh, minus money territory as well is because of that back end is because, you know, is Nate Pearson going to come up and be great? Maybe, but right at this point in the time, Barrios and and Kikuchi have not shown me anything where I have any, you know, positive things to say about them. They Mm -hmm. they just, they seem lost. I think that where you want to attack this team is with, when it comes to the offense. And I think, you know, Roger center, they uh, brought in the fences this past off season. uh, and, and, And there's a great article out, uh, by, I hope I said his name right, Travis Sawchick of The Score. He wrote about it and how the dimensions got brought in. And if you use StatCast and, and expert prediction, there's a projected 7% bump in home runs last year at Rogers Center with given the new dimensions. If every single ball was hit you know, last year, there would have been seven more or 7% more home runs hit, which would have made it the number one uh, ballpark for home run factor in baseball. I just think that that's you know, a liability when it comes to guys like Burrios and, and Kikuchi that have high barrel rates. And, you know, Manoa can get to that point at some times too. I'm looking to bet Vladdy Guerrero over 33 and a half home runs. He had 32 last year in the mid forties, the year before that was with him having a horrible May where he had three home runs and a 217 average. He's in the top 6% of all hitters. And in, in just about all those categories, average exit velocity, velocity, hard hit rate. So when it comes to barrel rate, he's got a double digit. He's in the double digits. So I'm looking to attack him in that way maybe even look at Bobachet, George Springer take the first five team total overs or maybe even the overs especially early on as the market adjusts to that dimensions in but yeah I'm I'm looking to not you know get involved with the Blue Jays this preseason as far as futures go Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. 
only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Let's go to Tampa. This freaking team. They never go away, right? Plus 350 <laughs> to come out of the American League East. What, what's up, BJ? What's that? I love them. Yeah. They're awesome. Well, I want to go to Charlie first on this one, too, because we actually, Charlie and I are both in the uh, Action Network uh, HQ this week. <laughs> and Charlie's got some sizzling takes here on, on Tampa. Tampa bugs Charlie, too. That's why I kind of said this team. Because what? how can you, <laughs> 88 and a half is their projected win total, um, or their win total that's set right now at BetMGM. Last year, 88 wins. For Tampa, they did fall short of their total. 89 and a half was their projection coming into 2022. Charlie, you look at their lineup. I think we do this every year with this team. They got like one or two guys, and then it just drops off. But the guys that we think are going to drop off, they they overperform. And they always <laughs> churn out starting pitching, as we know. What what bugs you about Tampa? And are you are you willing to to fade them at this point in the year? Yeah, I I actually might be looking at that under. I didn't really look too deep at that at first, but you say the number the name the number, and I'm not sure how they get to that 89 90 win total. I mean, maybe it's the pitching and it's Kevin Cash, and they always seem to do it every single season. But the lineup has a lot of holes in it, right? You're you're relying on Brandon Lau to come back now that he's fully healthy and produce that power that he had two years ago in the Juice Ball era. Can he do it? Who knows? Wander Franco, you're, you're it sounds like we've been waiting on him to break out. Hasn't done it yet this season. Randy Rosarena is phenomenal. Can he re replicate another dominant season? There, this team is just one injury away in that those three stars to really just suffering. I mean, if you look at the rest of the lineup, like Christian Bentecourt, not that great. Isak Paredes, you know, powers there, but I'm not really that high on him. Yandy Diaz, you know, good, good hitter. But like, the, you know, you keep looking. Jose Siri's fast, but I, I don't like his upside as much. Manny Margoza a lefty killer, but he's not great against righties. It, it, there's just so many, every time I look at them, I'm like, oh, this guy's okay. This guy's okay. Uh, I, I just don't buy this team. And Glasnow's hurt. Tyler Glasnow's hurt. He's not going to be ready for opening day again. Seems like every single season, we're all high on him, taking out Cy Young Futures, and he's hurt again. He's not going to make the start of the season. I think they're right in the middle of the pack of the AL East. I don't think they're going to really make any noise as far as it goes, but you know, you, you think that every single year in this team ends up surprising many McClanahan's great, but I'm not really sure how they get to that, you know, 80 to 90 mark. Yeah. BJ, I think Charlie hit the nail on the head too. Glasnow is their guy, their horse that they need. But again, I, I said it earlier. I, I just find there's going to be some other, there's going to be another Tyler Glasnow that they'll just come out of nowhere and we'll go, Oh, this is the next thing that the Rays do this every year. 
Um, mm-hmm. Pakoda has the Tampa Bay Rays at 86.6 wins, which would be under. Fangraphs is just shy of that 88 and a half. They've got them right around 88 wins. How do you look at the race in 2023? Yeah, I think the win total is projection is fair. Like they're probably going to be around that 88 win mark. Uh, at least that's what from a projection standpoint. But I, I actually really, really like this team. I like them uh, <laughs> minus 165 to make the playoffs. They've made the playoffs the last four seasons. I get it. Like their lineup isn't that exciting. Last year, they were like right around the MLB average in WRC plus. I'm guessing that's probably where they're going to be again this season. I don't see a huge regression from them dropping into the, you know, the twenties and even to the 25, 26 in major league baseball. So they'll probably what, be, a, what, what, what old guy are they going to pick up with the deadline this year? Exactly. Uh, probably Nelson <laughs> Cruz from the Padres or something. He'll right. come back. JD um, Martinez and the Dodgers. Exactly. Yeah. But <laughs> I really, really like their starting rotation and more importantly, their bullpen. I have, I went through, did my projections. I have their bullpen rated as the third best bullpen in major league baseball. Their top two relievers of Pete Fairbanks and Jason Adams last year, or Jason Adam last season, both under a 2.1 XERA, both had a left on base percentage over 89%. And beyond those two guys, and the Rays do this every single season, you look at throughout their bullpen, you're like, I've never heard of that guy, never heard of that guy, never heard of that guy. <laughs> you look at all of the projections for all of those guys this season, they're all around three and a half ERA pitchers. So they have an incredible depth. And we they do this obviously every single season where you're like, oh, I question their rotation. They only have two or three starters. They're the best team in Major League Baseball in doing bullpen games. They've been doing it for five, six years now. And honestly, if you look at their rotation right now, Glasnow is going to be out for six to eight weeks. He's going to come back around mid-April, so he'll hopefully be there for the entire season. Shane McClanahan's one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. Jeffrey Mm -hmm. Springs, who was a bullpen guy for the Rangers for the longest time, came in last season and put in a really Really good season was incredibly effective. 3.27 XERA in 27 starts. Drew Rasmussen is a perfectly capable starter. He had an XERA of 3.46 in 28 starts. They just added Zach Eflin, and this is a sign of a really good team that knows what to do with their analytics. Zach Eflin last season was a four ERA pitcher, but if you look at his expected ERA and his ex-fifth, he was around 3.25. So now you're looking at a rotation that when if they get Tyler Glass now back, they could have five guys that are three and a half or under XCRA. That's a really, really good, effective starting rotation. So yeah, the offense is probably going to be exactly the same it was last year. But if you have a top five bullpen and you can put it together a really good starting rotation like the Rays have, maybe it's not the sexiest thing in the world. But if you look at the projections, I mean, Fangraphs has them at 66.8% to make the playoffs and even 23% to win this division. I love them at minus 165 to make the playoffs. That implied odds gives you about uh, 62%. So you're getting about four and a half or, or so percent of value. And then 23%, I mean, you know, you're getting around eight to nine percent of value on them to win the division at six to one. So I love the Rays this season. Yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah, you look at it and you're like, yeah, it's the same team as last year. But all of these guys, all of their advanced metrics are actually really, really good as a group, and they have a ton of depth. So I really, really like the Rays this season. Yeah, I'd be remiss not to mention McClanahan in the season he had. He was in the Cy Young run for most of the year, yeah. and then he got banged up, right? So he was the injury guy last year. Glasnow is banged up going into this year. McClanahan is at plus 2,500 to lead the lead the American League in wins. He's bunched up there. Or pardon me, wins in all of baseball. He's bunched up with a bunch of guys uh, in that category. 
the Scherzers, uh, Strider, Freed, Urias, Burns. So, um, right. It's, it's, it's one of those things with Kevin Cash, like they, he always finds a way and they're so analytically driven and so smart with how they handle their pitchers that it is difficult to fade them altogether. And, you know, I, I don't know if they get to that 88 to 90 win margin. Do I think they make the playoffs? I mean, when you look at the rest of the teams in the American League, yeah, they probably are the, you know, one of the wild card teams. I don't love them to win the American League. I mean, the AL East, but I just don't know how this offense really does. I'm very, very nervous that, I mean, if they, they, they can win these two one, one nothing games with, with that bullpen, but how many can you do? Can you, can you do it enough times? Four like, years, Charlie. I, well, yeah, but the, the Mets, I mean, the Mets are able to do it from time to time, but then when it matters most, they just collapse at the end when they, you know, their bullpen blows it. And it, it, you're relying on so much of, you know, one or two arms that if one thing goes wrong, who knows? I don't know. I'm I'm nervous. Kevin, Kevin Cash has always proven, proven me wrong and always been right. So, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, look, you have to be nervous about the Rays because, I mean, look at all those Cy Young Award winners with the Boston Red Sox in 2023. <laughs> Right, BJ? Plus right. 2,000 to come exactly. up to the division? This is a great team in like 2018, though. Our team would be. <laughs> Red Sox win total at BetMGM, 77 and a half. Last year, Boston won 78 games. Their projection was at 84 and a half. They have really a tumultuous offseason. They were getting booed at their fan day in Springfield. They do this big, uh, they blow it out at the uh, Springfield MGM. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't a great offseason. They lost Xander Bogarts. Uh, it's now Rafael Devers' team. BJ, discuss Red Sox. What are you going to do? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to shed some a positive light on the Red Sox <laughs> and try to give the the best case scenario of what if everything goes right for them this season. So <laughs> uh, they added Justin Turner, who is old, but he's not going to play third base. He's just going to DH, so he's fine. He's still a very productive well, hitter. Did you did you see him get? You know, he's okay, thankfully. A lot of stitches in that face of his. Yeah, he'll be fine. Don't worry. Um, but the biggest <laughs> oh, thing oh, is, okay. is Matasuka Yoshida, who mm-hmm. is what I believe the next Ichiro Suzuki coming over from Japan. Charlie, I didn't know he was going to say that on the podcast. Don't he, Yeah, 5'8", yeah. 176 pounds, soaking wet. But if you look at his projections, he's projected to be about a 365 weighted on base average and a three-war type of player, which is well above the major league average. And this is not... What 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 I and I truly believe these projections because a lot of players have been coming over to Japan over the years. So now we really know how to we have a good sample size of how to project them of what they do in Japan versus how they come over to the United States. So if he is healthy and he is productive in the lineup, that makes the Red Sox kind of kind of dangerous a little bit here. Obviously, Rafael Devers is still one of the best hitters in baseball. Verdugo is a very very productive hitter. Same thing with Kike Kike Hernandez. For me, Brennan, though, it's really going to come down. What do you get from Bobby Dahlbeck or Tristan Casas? Because if Casas is projected to be a 350 weighted on base average, uh, 55 or 15 home runs, 55 RBIs. So if you can get that type of production from the bottom of your lineup, this Red Sox lineup could be pretty good. Now, the starting rotation, it's uh, it's something. Um, <laughs> you have two two. Cy Young Award winners. Not many rotations can say that. Chris Sale and Corey Kluber. By the way, Chris Sale was throwing 95 in spring training. So looks like he might be back at age 34. But yeah, Corey Kluber's up there in 38 at 38. So it's hard to say. Hard to get those two guys healthy for an entire season. Pavetta and Cutter Crawford were very bad last season. But the biggest thing is if Tanner Hawk 
who I'm very, very high on still, if he can can get into the starting rotation and produce the type of numbers that he's been producing in the bullpen the last two seasons, and Sale and Kluber can stay healthy, the Red Sox rotation can be average. I'm not saying it's going to be good. I'm just Dude, saying it's going to be Chris, average. And that's Chris, all Sale, average. Chris Sale has made 11 starts in I'm the trying, last three years. Brendan, I'm saying, I, did, did you not hear me at the beginning? This is the best case scenario. Okay. okay all right. There's yeah, other scenarios that can, this can go wrong. Okay. I'll set up the worst I, case. <laughs> also, the Red Sox bullpen is going to be better than it was last season. Adding Kenley Jansen is something that they didn't have last season, which is a reliable closer. Um, they had three guys that combined tied at the top for, for eight saves. So you actually have a reliable closer in there. You have John Schreiber, who was a top 25 major or top 25 reliever in major league baseball, two and a half X CRA. They had a Chris Martin, who was a top 50 reliever last season for the Cubs and the Dodgers. So now you're looking at a Red Sox bullpen that is perfectly average and not in the bottom 10 of major league baseball. So now if your offense is slightly above average. If everything goes right in the rotation, you have a perfectly average bullpen. I think you can get over 77 and a half wins here. I mean, if you look at the composite projection, the Red Sox are right around 80 for, for all the projection models. So Red Sox over 77 and a half wins. I think there's some value there, Brendan. I mean, Charlie, uh, <laughs> I, BJ, I, for, BJ, for what it's worth, too, I actually dabbled on the Red Sox over 76 and a half earlier in the offseason. Nice. So. There you go. Yeah. Let's see, I'll be right there. I, I, knew, I knew you'd be proud of me. Go ahead, Charlie. Yeah. I, I, I just I just don't listen. I'm not going to say bet a Red Sox under because I don't know what to expect from this team. And BJ's right. Like, yo, best case scenario, all this happens. But then you look at the worst case scenario, right? Like, Chris Sale has pitched in 11 games in three seasons. Nick Pavetta is not a good starting pitcher. Corey Kluber is extremely old and was already in the bottom 20% when it came to expected batting average. and was in the bottom 26 percentile on expected slugging. And he's only going to throw softer and he's only going to get worse with age. The rotation is a huge question mark, right? Like, can they produce out of Whitlock, who's already going to enter and miss time to start opening day? Who knows? Tanner Hawk, you know, you would assume he provides a steady arm but also young who knows he's not he, he's not in the rotation right now and Paxton's not gonna be ready for opening day and you, you Paxton he might not even pitch either like no one knows if he's gonna even stay healthy because he couldn't do it over the last few seasons as well like you look at this rotation like yeah will the will the bullpen get better yeah I mean you can't get worse than what the Red Sox bullpen was last season Kenley Jansen was third in baseball and pulling saves though but I digress on that front I think their bullpen's better the starting rotation though is just my biggest question mark i don't know if you can get a healthy season out of any of these guys i don't know you're already starting down two starting pitchers you're relying on chris sale in his age to throw 30 games i'm not sure justin turner his face just got you know banged up like will he be ready for opening day maybe but you know i don't i don't know on that front i haven't heard much and you who knows when out about alberto mondesi will return you're putting a lot of stock in Yoshida, Tristan Casas. They're high up in the rookie of the year rankings. But what if these rookies, you know, need some more time to adjust to baseball? Casas didn't do well in his, you know, limited time this year. I'm hesitant. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate for BJ here because he wanted to give the best case scenario. I'm giving you the worst case scenario. I have no play on the Red Sox. Ultimately, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Uh, and, and, you know, I'll probably get in the, involved in them on a game to game basis once we kind of figure out their identity. It'll be a fun over team. Yeah. 
we're just fair here on Payoff Pitch, presenting both <laughs> sides of the coin. I give you both sides. Listen, yep. I, I mean, yeah, I had to, you know, BJ, I think last year came on, did the same thing with the Red Sox. I'm here. Oh, it's my first no, appearance. You know what? And I'll come on next year and do the same song and dance. Yes. I, it's my first appearance on well, Payoff Pitch. Least... I, I have to, you know, help out. Yeah, last year, BJ was giving out Red Sox AL East at plus 500, <laughs> I think is what it was, to win the division. Could have happened. <laughs> Could have happened. Okay, let's wrap with the Orioles. Um, we should give this team some love, though. I mean, if you recall, folks, last year, right around the All-Star break, shortly after, big article came out that sports books were super liable because this team was making such a surge. If folks had future tickets on them, their win total cashed easily by more than 20 wins. They won 83 games. Their projection was 62 and a half. They sell off pieces. I'll never forget the game where they traded Mancini to the Astros and he had the game winning. It wasn't even a hit. It was like an error or however the hell they won that game at the end. I forget who they were playing, but that was kind of fun. I'm like, Oh, this Orioles team is fun despite all the trading, but uh, let's, let's spend a few minutes here quickly. I'm not even sure if either of you have a strong thought on this team. This is going to be one of my favorite teams to bet on a day-to-day basis. Like they have a young, talented team, a lot of young players that I have a lot of high upside. I'm not going to bet on their preseason futures because I don't know what to expect from them, but Gunnar Henderson's the favorite for the rookie of the year, but I think really, and he's going to get the most played appearances and and yeah, the rookie of the year is kind of a volume award, but I am going to Grayson Rodriguez at 11 to one to win rookie of the year here. He's going to be, in the starting rotation on opening day, he is, I mean, you look at his numbers. He's been absolutely incredible in triple a last season, had a two twenty ERA across 14 starts, a 4.62 strikeout to walk ratio and just two home runs in over 75 innings pitched. And he said this off season, you know, his stuff got even better from last year. So, you know, if you look at what he's going to do, if he stays healthy the entire season, he's starting in the, in that rotation, he's going to get the volume. And if he produces, you know, that mid three high, low three ERA, he's very much live to be in that rookie of the year conversation. I'm not going to bet on Gunnar Henderson because, you know, yes, he's the favorite. Will he probably win? You know, you know, there's a reason why he's a top. He's going to get every day at bats, but I love the high upside here on Grayson. I, I think that especially with mean sideline and the Orioles rotation as it, what it is, I mean, Grayson has every chance to succeed and pitch an entire season here. BJ. Yeah, I mean, this Orioles? this this lineup is fun. Uh, Mullins has obviously been productive for a really long time. We forget about Adley Rushman, who's 25 to 1 to win the AL MVP. This is his second full season of Major League Baseball. Gunnar Henderson, obviously, the uh, rookie of the year favorite, like Charlie mentioned. But I kind of like a long shot out of this uh, Orioles lineup uh, to, to lead the Major <laughs> lead Baseball in home runs. It's their number four hitter, Anthony Santander. Mm. Uh Last season, he hit 33 home runs. His expected home runs was 37.2. That was sixth highest in Major League Baseball. Now, he's a switch hitter. Uh, 22 of his uh, 33 home runs came from the right side of the play, and the Orioles are changing their park dimensions. They're moving left field back 26 and a half feet and raising the fence 10 feet. That obviously doesn't help him, but... If you look at his no doubter percentage, it was 54.5%. That was fourth highest in Major League Baseball for hitters who have at least hit, hit at least 30 home runs. Plus, you look at some of the parks he's playing around on a you know week-to-week basis than the AL East, Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, 
Toronto, all three of those are in the top 12 of Major League Baseball and park factors for being the easiest to hit home runs in. And finally, his composite home run projection throughout all the five different projection models on Fangraphs is 28.8. That's only half a home run less than guys like Paul Goldschmidt, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, guys who are sitting at 12, 15 to once. He's currently 100 to one to lead Major League Baseball in home runs. I love that value. I mean, he's probably about 25, 26th on the odds board, and he's, you know, 15th, 16th in uh, projected home runs. So Anthony Santander to lead the Major League Baseball in home runs at 100 to one. And how many of those home runs are going to come against the Red Sox? Well, he's got to get him over the Green Monster, Brendan. Uh, that's true. I mean, just looking at his game logs from September, he hit a couple of uh, big days against Boston, a couple of yeah. multi-homer games. I mean, listen, a lot of home runs get hit on Boston, but Boston's get a lot of home runs themselves, Brendan. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah, he had a big September. So if you're if you're buying in, I, I think it's if Santander is feeling any confidence, he had a big month of September um, with ten home runs. All right, gents, go. we got to jump. We got to jump here. So that concludes our American League East. Division preview here on Payoff Pitch. Again, all of our division previews now available on the podcast Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, we are presented by BetMGM. For Charlie Disturco, BJ Cunningham, Brendan Glasheen. Talk to you all again real soon. Thanks for listening. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.